0: Hari Krishna, everybody. Rupa Nugadas Das here with you. Radakalachandji Dam Those of you who are listening in online or listening by radio or telephone, we welcome you here also. It's an amazing thing to be able to come to the temple in the morning, or to be able to look online and see the temple in the morning temple room. I'm missing one little boy, I think. Where is he? Uh, mother, um, let's see. Uh, who is the little child that comes? Anuradha's son. He sometimes is here. I'm... Yeah, he answered a question the last time I gave class too. Who was it? Who was it that dragged? Queen Droupadi out by the hair into the gambling uh, arena. And he said, Dushasan. Yeah. Uh, so, before we begin tonight, or today, um, let me just say that we're going to be reading from the first canto, eighth chapter of the Srimad Bhagavatam, the Spotless Purana, the source of our liberation chapter 8 text number 7 so that's 187 for those of you who are uh, at home perhaps or have your telephones available you can go to vetabase.io, whatever that means and see the see the verses that are being chanted but uh, at the beginning we will do our invocation we will invoke the blessings of the Supreme Lord. Ask Him to be with us and give us words to say. Jaya rata maravakunjabihare Kupijandavala bhagirivaradare Dasura-nandana-bajajana-ranjana Dasura-nandana-bajajana-ranjana Yamunathiramanachare Jamunachiravanna chari Jai Radha Madhava Jagor Jagoda Premananda Hari Hari Jai Om Vishnupada Paramahamsa Parivirjaka Charja Hasto tarasata, Shri Sri Srimadis Divine Loving Grace Abhayi Charananda Vinda Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai Om Vishnupada Paramahamsa Parivirjaka Charja Hasto Tathasita Sri Srimadis Divine Grace Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Goswami Maharaj Srila Prabhupada Ki yeah. ananta koti Ki Iskan BBT founder Charja Srila ki. Yeah. Iskan Guru Param Paraki. Yeah. Shri Rup Sanatan Bhattaraganath Shi Jeeva Gopal Bhattadasa Raganath Pabuki ki. Yeah. Nama Charja Shi Haridasa Kur ki. Yeah. Premsekaho Shri Krishna Chaitanya Paramuddhananda Shi Advaita Shiva Shishi Radha Krishna Gopa Gopinath Shama Kunrata Kun Giri Govardhana ki Shri Navan ki Shri Matura Dhamma ki Shri Mayapunavadvita ki Shri Jagannath Puri Dhamma ki Shishi Radha ki Ganga Devi ki Jamuna Mai ki Tulsi Devi ki Bhakti Devi ki Samavira Bhakti Vrinda ki Briyad Madanga, Transcendental Book, and Prasad on Distribution of key. Yeah. Nithagora Premananda. Hari, Hari Bo, all glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories, all glories, all glories to Sri Guru and Sri Gauranga. Namah yeah. Visthapadaya, Krishna Vastaya, Bhutale, Samhati Bhakti Vedanta, Swamaniti Namane. Namaste, Satisvati Deve, Guru Bhadi Pacharini, Nivisheshya Srinivade, Pashyatade, Shittarini. Okay. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om, Om. Om. Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om, Om. Om. Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Narayanam namaskritya, Naram chayamanorotamam, Devim saraswati Tito Titojaya mudiriyat, Nasta preshva Nityam bhagavata sevaya, Bhagavat yatta mashloka, ki jai. ki jai. The lordships are wearing kind of a, is that a royal purple? It's not purple, is it? Maroon? Somewhere between maroon and purple. Any other, very beautiful. So those those of you who can't be here, at least you can see online RadicalAjantidam.org Go to the menu, scroll down to Media, and you can see uh, the live live, uh, temple room. Uh, You can also click on the down arrow on the right-hand side of Media, and you'll get archive media are recorded our classes anyhow there's that's a way if you, if you go to that click on that you can get a recording audio recording of the classes that have been given here in the temple room um, I listen to those in the morning generally by radio in my house 87.5 megahertz on the FM band if you're within a quarter mile or so of the temple, you can listen by radio or uh, and then uh, and then I listen again at night uh, while I'm in the process of getting ready to take rest. I listen to the class again that has been given that day because i don't i don't I just can't get it all at one time. I have to listen two or three times. Some classes like um, um, Anand Ananda Loka, Prabhu, who was just walking through a few moments ago. Uh, I've list, listened to his classes maybe two or three times. He gives a very interesting class. Also, my god-sister Jai Shi uh, she, she prepares, she works at preparing for a class, Srimad Bhagavatam class. My spiritual master was such, such a speaker that he could just, just read the text and purport and he could speak for an hour and a half just like and guru Maharaj, my my uh, shiksha guru also can do that he can speak just unlimited amount of time uh, but i have to prepare <laughs> what do they say lifetime in preparation that's one of the titles of Srila uh, Prabhupada's biography So this morning, let's let's begin by uh, reading the word-for-word translations. Shall we do that? A mantra, a mantra, inviting Pandu Putran, all the sons of Pandu. Cha, also, Shain Shaineya. Satiki. Uddhava, Uddhava, Samyutta, Accompanied Payan Aribi by the rishis like Veda Vyas. What's another name for Veda Vyas? Srila Also known as Krishna Dwaipayan Vyasdev. Uh, viprai by the brahmanas, pujitai being worshipped, pratipujita, the Lord also reciprocated equally. Now we've done things in just the reverse order from what we usually do, so now let's, let's chant the verses in their poetic form. Amanjaya Pandu Putramscha cha Yodava samyuta Dwai payana dipir viprai oh, a hard word isn't it Dwai That's a that's a long word Pujitai Prati Pujita Notice that word is almost repeated there. Pujitai and uh, Prati Pujita. All right, let's chant it once more. Amantriya Pandu Putramscha. Shaineyodhava samyuta. Dvai Pai Nadi Bir Vipurai Pujitai Prati Can Pujita. Pujita. please? ai prati tu citta amatra panda putra sja gaina dvai phayana nibhi tri Amatria Handa Putranska, Tai Om asya khandha bhutaram syaya Jaiyo dhaja samhika
1: Vai khaya
0: nirire pray
1: Tai Prati Pujita
0: Amantia Panda Putranstra China Yoga Samuta. Do Nadi Biri Pray? Pujita Prati Pujita. That's the most chanting of the verse I've heard in quite a few months. All right, we've already done the word-for-word translation, so we'll go directly to the translation. Oh, um, uh, translation by His Divine Grace. A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj, Silprabhapar ki jai. Lord Sri Krishna then prepared for His departure. He invited the sons of Pandu after having been worshipped by the Brahmanas headed by Srila Vyasadeva. The Lord also reciprocated greetings. Repeat with me, please. Lord Sri Krishna then prepared for His departure. He invited the sons of Pandu after having been worshipped by the Brahmanas headed by Srila Vyasadeva. The Lord also reciprocated greetings. Is this Mother Anurata here? Yes, Mother Anurata. Anurata. Yes. Uh, I wanted to say one thing about Mother Anurata's classes. She gives a very astute, well-thought-out class with lots of examples, lots of quotations. Very good speaker. Now, I haven't been in the temple room at any time while she's been giving class, but I've heard her classes in the mornings by radio, and I've heard them again on the archived version of the classes. It's worth listening to. Well done. Well done, lady. All right, so uh, we've done the translation. We've repeated it. Now the purport by Srila Prabhupada. Apparently, Lord Krishna was a Chhatria and was not worshipable by the brahmanas. But the brahmanas present here, headed by Srila Vyasadeva, all knew him to be the personality of Godhead. And therefore, they worshiped him. The Lord reciprocated the greetings just to honor the social order that a Chhatria is obedient to the orders of the brahmanas. So, a Chhatria is obedient to the orders of the brahmanas. What does that say about us malachas? Although Lord C. Krishna was always offered the respects due to the Supreme Lord from all responsible quarters, the Lord never deviated from the customary usages between the four orders of society. The Lord purposely observed all these social customs so that others would follow Him in the future. As a great man does, common men follow. And whatever, exempl- whatever acts, exemplary acts they perform... Common men will also do those. Om Timirandasya timiran dasya jana salakaya chakshuran militam jena tasmai shri gurave namam shri chaitanya maro vishtam jena bhutale svayam rupakadamaya dadati svapadantikam vandeham shri guru shri yutta patakamalam shri gurun vaishnavam scha Shri Rupam Sagajattam Sahagana Raghunatan Vitam Tam Sajivam Savdvaitam Savaduttam Padijana Sahitam Krishna Chetanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Sri Vishakan Vitam cha He Krishna Karanasando Dinabando Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Taptakanchanagorangi, Radhe Vrindabhade Vrishabhanu Devi, Pranamami Hari Incidentally, uh, just to interject something here, when I'm saying those two prayers, Hey Krishna Karanasanda, and then Taptakanchanagorangi, I always think about Radha and Krishna in their teenage forms together, uh, having their loving pastimes. Vanchakalpatarubyascha Kripa Sindhu Bhyevacha Patitanam Pavanebyo vaishnavebhyo Namo Nama Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Karadha Shri Gora Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama Rama Rama, Rama, Rama Hare Hare and now my offering respects to my spiritual master. Namon Vishnapadaya, Krishna Pistaya Bhutale, Srimate, Tamal Krishna go Samaniti Namane. So there is uh there seems to be one point that Srila Prabhupada is emphasizing in his purport, and that is the the respect that Lord Krishna shows to the orders of the brahmanas, uh, well, to, to all the brahmanas, uh, as a matter of fact, he said, although Lord Shri Krishna was always offered the respects due to the Supreme Lord from all responsible quarters, the Lord never deviated from the customary usages between the four orders of society. The Lord purposely observed all these social customs so that others would follow Him in the future. So I want to talk a little bit today about showing proper respect to others. And we'll start out by giving some examples that, uh, th- from the Srimad Bhagavatam and also from the Mahabharata. Um, there was the occasion when, uh, you remember this? When, whenever Jaya and Vijaya, the gatekeepers of Vaikuntha, they stopped the four Kumaras, the, the great sages who, who determined on their own that they would continue to have the bodies of little children, very small children. And generally, when you see pictures that you know the paintings that have been made of them they 're approaching the gates of of Vikunta to go in and asking for permission to go in. They always appear they 're completely unclothed they 're just naked little boys you know in the buff <laughs> and, and but they're but they're powerful, powerful sages to the point that they got a little angry this was all by the arrangements of Yogamaya, Krishna's supreme energy, his internal energy, and and they they became a little angry and they cursed these these two gatekeepers to take their birth in the in the material world and then we know what happened after that. Uh, 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 Hiranyaksha, Hiranyakashipu, and 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 then on and on for three three lifetimes and then for the fourth lifetime. They also came and acted as Jagai and Mutai in Lord Chaitanya's pastimes. And at that time, they, they showed the mercy and power of Lord Chaitanya to forgive them. So anyhow, uh, talking about speaking of showing proper respect, when Lord Narayan heard about the cursing of his gatekeepers, he came immediately to the spot. And he uh, offered his uh, congratulations to the four kumaras and told them that um, we we must always respect the brahmanas, those persons who are elevated spiritually, especially the Vaishnava brahmanas of the Lord, who have dedicated their lives for propagating the holy name of the Lord all over the world. And and so he said, check this out in the Srimad Bhagavatam. If if my right hand offended the brahmanas, I would not hesitate to lop it off. Did you know that? You remember that reading that? Yeah, that's the Lord Narayan said that. And Lord Narayan, of course, is a form of Lord Krishna. So uh he he showed uh, by his practical example there that he wasn't he wasn't going to try to reverse the curses that were given by the four kumaras. He was going to let that stand. And because he respects his brahmanas, his representatives so much that he will do practically anything. He will even go against his word as he did in the battle of Kudakshetra. When he picked up a chariot wheel and started rushing toward Dave to cut him down, he said he would not take up a, a, a weapon in the battle, he he had made that promise earlier on. Whenever Arjuna chose him over uh, the uh, taking his armies, he chose Lord Krishna instead of his armies, and so we see that picture of of Arjuna running behind Lord Krishna and grabbing him, you know, tackling him, so that he would not break his word. But he showed by that example because Bhishma the day before had promised to Duryodhan. That he would fight so furiously because he'd been accused of not putting every all his effort into the fighting. Bhishma Dei promised that he would he would force Krishna to to defend Arjuna because he was going to he was going to give hell to Arjuna and he did, covering him with arrows. You know, pr- practically he was unstoppable on the battlefield. But then uh, when Krishna jumped down off the chariot. You know, he actually broke his promise. He didn't pick up a weapon exactly, but he picked up a broken wagon wheel, and he was rushing toward, uh, Bhishma. So this is, this is another example of how Krishna, uh, respects his devotees so much that he's willing to even break his own promise. That's the reason he tells Arjuna in the Bhagavad Gita, he says, uh, you may declare it boldly, Arjuna. So he's, you know, he's saying, in, in effect, he's saying, you know, not everybody's going to trust my word because they they will see in the in the coming battle that I'm I'm going to break my word. But you are my devotee, and I'll do whatever's necessary to make to help you keep your word. Isn't that amazing? This this is the nature of this this person we have on the altar, Krishna. So there's Zambarish Maharaj also we've mentioned him several times over the past few months. That, uh, that he was, he, you know, he was, uh, doing a year-long fast. He was coming down off a year-long fast. Durvasa Samuni was, uh, a, a mystic. He understood what Ambarish Maraj had done, had fasted for an entire year. And so he said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play, play a little trick on him. So he came right at the, at the close of, it was, it was getting, counting down the minutes or hours before uh, Ambarish Maharaj had, had to end his fast by taking prasadam. So, Devasa said, Oh, well, yes, I will let you serve me, but, uh, I, I have to go take my bath first. So, he went down to the river and took his time, you know, took a good lounge bath. And, uh, and, and then when he came, uh, when he came back, uh, during that time, Ambarish Maharaj, had, of course, had, had consulted with his Brahmin counselors. What should I do? It's time to break my fast. If I don't end my fast when I should, then I will lose all the benefits for having fasted for the entire year. What can I do? But I can't take anything to eat without first feeding this Brahmana who has come before me. And so his counselor said, what? What did they say? Take Take water. Because it's what? It's both fasting and not fasting. You can, you can take water and, and in a fast, or you can not take water in a fast. Now you can take water, and they were telling him, you can end your fast by taking sips of water. And so he did. And when Durvasamuni came back, of course, being the mystic, he knew what had occurred. And he became very angry. And so he conjured up this demon, plucked the hair out of the top of his head, threw it on the ground, this big demon comes up, starts attacking Ambarish Maharaj. But what happened then? Sudashan Chakra. Sudashan Chakra. The Lord's disc. The Lord sent his disc to protect and it killed the kill the demon and started chasing Durasamuni. Chased him all over the universe. So this this is this is uh Ambarish Maharaj nonetheless, he, he could have countered he could have countered the demon probably uh since he was a Rajrishi or a Rajarshi. He was a godly king, so he could have counted the curse, but he chose not to. He just umped to you know, folded his hands and waited for death to come. Just like Pariksit Maharaj did that. You remember that? He Parikshit Maharaj hunting in the forest, went to the sages, went came across the sage's ashram, went into the into the hut of the sage, <clears throat> the sage didn't. What, he was unable to break his his um, his uh, meditation. So the king thought that he was per- consciously and purposefully ignoring him. And the king was thirsty and hungry. He'd been a- hunting in the woods. See, that's one of the effects of hunting. Even though Chhatri is allowed to do some, t- sometimes they they get into trouble. So um, by the, by the arrangement of Yogamaya again. Uh, King uh, Pariksit, uh, went out of the house, found a dead snake somewhere on the path, and took it back and put it around the neck of the sage to show him. Here's what happens when you don't treat a king like you're supposed to. Well, this, the king's son, I'm not the king's son, uh, the, uh, mystics, the, the sage's son, Shringi, uh, was also very powerful and he cursed the king king Pariksha. now this is this is pretty powerful stuff when you can curse the the king of the entire the 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 uh, uh what do we call it the king of the entire universe he was the what's another name for king what emperor. emperor yes emperor he was emperor of the entire world and this little boy can put a curse on him and so how did how did Baruch Maharaj accept that. Um, this is what I'm due. He said, "This, you know, the, I, I have I have wrongfully used my position to insult a Brahmin, so I am due that. So if it if it's coming to me, then I should accept it as coming from the Supreme Lord. That's the way. That's the way he took it. So that is showing the proper uh, that the proper respect to to one who is a superior in position." one. Even though Durvasamuni Muni was not really superior spiritually to King Ambarish, still King Ambarish accepted whatever was coming to him. So that those are uh, occasions. These are great personalities who are showing the proper respect, even though they're being wrongfully, uh, um, what do we say, demeaned. So another example, Yudhishthira Maharaj, uh, when the battle of Kudukshetra was finished, he, uh, Yudhishthira went back to Hastinapur, which was the capital city, where Duryodhan had been, uh, ruling as the prince, prince regent. His father being Dhritarashtra, the blind king. Duryodhan was, was a very powerful personality there. And so, uh, in the battle, uh, all 100 sons, uh, I think except for one, of, of Dhritarashtra, all, I think, 99 sons. Who was who that that was not killed? Uyudan? Yuyudan. Do you remember? It seems to me like there was one of the sons, but he might have been killed too. Anyhow, Bemisane, you know, he took a vow that he would kill, he would personally kill all of Dhritarashtra's sons. So, uh, when they went, when they finished their, uh, purificatory rites at the river, you know, with the women, the women, remember just recently we talked about that? The women were in front. They went in front and they did all their purificatory rites and offering Ganga water to the departed souls of whom there were many. Uh, then they, uh, they all went back to Hastinapur and Yudhisthira Maharaj Began to act as the emperor of the world, which was his his legal position. But here's a, here's an interesting thing: every morning he would get up and go to the chambers of Dhritarashtra and Gandhari and offer his respects to them, even after even after Dhrirastra approved. The, so many plans to try to uh, try to demoralize them, dethrone them. Uh, he, you know the Pandavas. Uh, still, Yudhisthira would go and offer obeisance to them every morning. And when when it you know when it turns out Vidura came and he told Drtitrashtra, "You're just like a dog taking the scraps from the table of the persons you tried to kill, the Pandavas." You're just like a dog here. You're getting old. Your vision is has already gone. You're blind. Your teeth are getting loose. You know, so many things happen. You have no power. He said, "It's shameful for you to stay here in the palace and accept this worship by the Pandavas." He said, "You should leave immediately." And so, you know what dhritarashtra did? He left immediately. For the first time, he listens to his younger brother. Uh, Vidura Vidura was always a godly person very godly person because, but because he was the son of a maidservant then he was not considered to be eligible to take the position of emperor which he could have done after Pandava's demise uh, Pandu's, Pandu's demise so anyhow uh, Demira, so he's showing uh, such respect and deference to those very person, to that very person who has been like a party to all the disasters that the Pandavas have had to go through, and Queen Kunti as well, she suffered like anything because of what was going on against her sons, hers and Madri's. Uh, then uh, here's another example: Mrigari, the hunter. Remember him. He was out in the woods hunting, and, and it, he took great pleasure in half-killing animals and then watching them writhe in pain, because that's what he'd been taught by his father to do. And along comes whom? Nardamuni. Nardamuni changes him just like that into a note. And so the next time, uh, of course, McGrory says, Well, you're, you're telling me to give up hunting. How am I going to maintain myself and my family? What can I do? And Narada Muni says, don't worry, don't worry, I'll send, I'll send food to you. And so the next time uh, Narada Muni comes and Murgari sees him, of course, he offers his obeisances. But when he's, when he's running to meet um, uh, Narada Muni, he's, he's kind of taking funny steps. He's sidestepping. And so, you know, what, what was going on there? And so he was trying to avoid stepping on the ants. So here is a person who was one of the most degraded persons in, mentioned in, in the stream of Bhagavatam, other than maybe Duryodhana. But he, here was a person that just took great pleasure in seeing the suffering of animals. And now, uh, under the influence of Narada Muni, he's, he, he, will, he, he will even you know, watch on the ground to see where he's stepping so that he doesn't hurt even an ant. This is showing respect to a person who is below you in status. I'm saying, when I say person, I'm talking about the spirit souls who are in the bodies of those ants. Uh, so that was, a, that was a nice thing. Uh, you notice, if you, have you read the Mahabharata? Some of you have read? Yeah. I bet we've got a young man back there who's read the Mahabharata. Uh, you notice how the Pandavas act toward their elder brother. Now, how many times do you see that kind of, uh, that kind of treatment of one's elder member of, of the family, you know, elder sibling? And, and yet, uh, in the gambling match, uh, Bhima Sane was, his eyes became fiery red. It was almost like sparks were flying from his eyes, uh, whenever dropity was being handled by these wretched men. And, and yet he, uh, yet Bhima, even though he was fully capable, of attacking everybody practically in that assembly with with a couple of exceptions like like dronacharya and bema and But he could he could have wiped out all of all of the pandavas right there. I mean the Carvas right there on the spot in that gambling arena. But why did he not the respect for his elder brother? Until Yudhisthira said go, he was not going to go. So that that was a that was a nice example of of a uh, person showing respect to their own brothers. Then, of course, we have Lord Chaitanya's instruction: uh, become more humble than the straw in the street, even though you're walked on by all kinds of creatures. Uh, you you don't raise any objection; you just accept it. And more and more tolerant than the tree, even though the tree has to stand out in all kinds of. Dallas, Texas heat, you know, in the summertime, it still it's, it stands there and puts on its leaves and provides shelter for everybody else, you know, that wants to get cool. It just takes it. And in the wintertime, such as we had this past winter, zero degrees out there, some of the trees actually did give up their bodies. You know, out at Radhanat Prabhu's farm, uh, he's got dead trees there, trees, even oak trees. That uh, and pine trees that that uh, that had that were killed by that extreme cold, and yet in Lord Chaitanya's instruction is that we have to be more tolerant than the tree and we have to be more humble than the straw in the street. One last example I want to mention is uh, the one that we've read recently in this chapter, and that is Queen Dropadi's compassion to Ashwatthama. And why did why she had. Is what seemed to be. She had every reason in the world to say, "Cut his head off and take him away. I don't want to see him anymore." Killed her five sons while they were sleeping, and and killed so many other people in the battle. Uh, killed her um, the son of her co-wife, Uttara, not Uttara. I'm thinking about Ambimanyu, who was that? He was the son of Arjuna, Arjuna's son. I can't remember who his mother was. Does anybody remember? Anyhow. Um, Subhadra. Subhadra. Every reason in the world to, to condemn him, or at least to say bad things about him. But she didn't. Well, how did she treat him? She treated him like she would treat his father, John Acharya who was one of the most respected personalities in the, in the entire battle. As a matter of fact, the Pandavas during the battle had to go to Jonah and say, uh, and say, please tell us how we can kill you. We have to kill you, but we can't. You're too powerful. They went to also Bhishma and asked him that question, didn't they? How can we kill you? And, and so both Bhishma and Dronacharya. And remember right at the beginning of the battle... Uh, Arjuna shot two arrows, I believe, uh, and they um, landed at the feet of Drona and Bhishma. Seemed like there might have been somebody else. Was that was they the only two that he he shot? This was like it right before the battle began. He shot an arrow and they landed exactly at the feet of each one of those two men. Showing his respect, so that that's uh, these are all examples to us. The Srimad Bhagavatam is full of examples of how we're to to treat other people, other especially other devotees. Uh, one that has been recently talked about, Kalakanta Prabhu, is, is using the term Prabhu, <coughs> and and for women using the term Mataji? No. He said, use the word Prabhu also when talking. about. It. Of course, it's so much a part of our practice here in the Dallas community that we lovingly refer to the women as, as mother. So um, I, I don't really see anything wrong with that unless the women are object to it themselves and they want to be called Prabhu or called by their name. Uh, In which case, we would certainly accommodate that, wouldn't we? But uh, anyhow, using the word Prabhu is a sign of saying to someone else, you're my master. Uh, Now, does that mean like you're a slave, and I'm going to have to get whipped every morning and sent out to the fields? That's not like that. That's not the kind of master we're talking about. Master means somebody that is more advanced along the path of bhakti than you are, or than I am. Uh, so we when we when we call and you know I've I've had students that I've I've taught in the Gurukul here from ninety two to ninety six nineteen ninety two to ninety six I was teaching in our local Gurukul here and uh, and whenever I see them now i, I call called them by Prabhu. As a matter of fact, even while they were still in school, uh, I, I referred to them. Uh, I, I'm thinking in particular about Maternites, older boy Janardan. He's, he's now, it, he's in his late thirties, I believe. And he's huge. <laughs> if you've seen Gennard, he's about six five and probably weighs 250 pounds or something, just solid as a rock. Um, he still, he, he is one of the students that every time he sees me, it's always Rupanuga Prabhu. You know, and I call him Gennard and Prabhu. Because, you know, it doesn't matter that he is, uh, we can say his position, is somewhat below that of his teacher and an older person. He, uh, still, he's, he's worthy of my respect, and I can learn from him. Is there anybody that we can't learn from? I don't think so. So, uh, showing, it, but now, it, well, let me, let me say, that that's that's one of the things that we can do as parents, is, is to teach our children uh, to refer to other devotees as Prabhu or Mother. Um, and, uh, how do we, how do we get the kids to do that? By their hearing us say that. So when I'm talking about someone else, I'm saying about, you know, uh, Maturnat Prabhu, uh, uh, Nitalana Prabhu. And my kids hear that, and then so that, that just becomes part of their name. Um, I've had a couple of, couple of my former students, uh, they will call me by my name, first name only, Rupanuga. And uh sometimes I I wonder why is that? <laughs> I did not I did not teach them to call me that by calling me by my first name. And I wouldn't expect our, our young boys like that who are now in their thirties and forties. And I would not expect them to call another person an older person by his name, first name, especially the devotee. I wouldn't expect them to call him by that name only. I I want to hear him put that. From there. Uh so um even even when you, when you go out into the world into the outside outside our community occasionally you'll hear a young man or a young woman say to you yes sir or no ma'am and when i hear when i hear that i think this boy grew up in a cultured family either that or he or she has been to the military <laughs> where they learn to say yes sir yes ma'am in the military. Uh, but most of the time it's just that they grew up in a, in a family environment that teaches their kids to show proper respect to people who are older than them or who in a, in a position that's superior to theirs. Uh, like sometimes we have to go to a job. We, we work outside. I've worked outside a lot. We have to go to a job in which, uh, uh there's a person who may be 20 years younger than I. And, uh, and so what what I call that person? Well, I call him Mr. or Mrs. if that seems to be appropriate, or if I call them by their first name, I still say yes ma'am or yes sir to them, because their position is higher than me. And you know, and that's there's nothing wrong with with that, I don't think. Even of a person who is not a devotee, look where we came from. We came from a position that was not very glorious either. Uh, so we need to, uh, I, one other person I want, we have to offer obeisances daily to a sannyasi. Every time you see a sannyasi in the first time of the day, you're supposed to offer respects, obeisances. And when I see Ritatva Jamaraj, you know who is living over here close by, uh, whenever I see him, even if I'm inside my house and he cannot see me, I'll still go down to the floor and offer my obeisances to him. Good practice. And if we don't do that, then they, I've I've heard it said that the remedy for not offering obeisances the first time you see a sannyasi in the day is to read one chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. Of course, you can still read one chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, even if you do offer obeisances to the sannyasi. But that's just a sign of respect. If a person has taken the renounced order of life, then we who are still embroiled in our sense gratification, you know, trying to satisfy our tongues with something nice to eat, uh, then we, you know, the least we can do is offer obeisances to that person. Because these sannyasis, of course there's some that have fallen away, but, you know, we can't uh, can't complain about them. We can't um, say nasty things about them. We should not, because it is said in. I'll mention this again. Eleventh canto, twenty eighth chapter, text number one and two. Don't criticize anybody. So if you hear somebody criticizing a, another devotee or even a person who's not a devotee, should not you should not you should tell them. Look look, look here. Chap, canto eleven, chapter twenty eight, text one and two. Don't. Criticize other people. Everybody in this material who is embroiled in this material world, which means all of us who have material bodies, uh, we are under the auspices of Krishna's material energy, and there's no way that we can overcome that by ourselves. And there's no way that other person is going to be able to come overcome it either. I want to mention one other person that we need to be really careful about offering respects to, and that's the Temple President. Even if you don't particularly agree with everything the temple president says or does. Still, my spiritual master, Tamal Krishna Goswami, said that in the absence of the spiritual master, the temple president is our spiritual authority. And that's the way we should treat that person. Uh, Of course, if if a temple president were to commit something that in our eyes seemed really heinous, then uh, we, then we we don't... Go to him and and rail against him. We go to our GBC perhaps, and 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 say, this is what I'm seeing. Please tell me how to how I'm supposed to react. That that's better than saying, well, this person did that and this person didn't do that. And it's better than than getting angry and criticizing other people. Have to show the proper respect to our authorities, uh, even if we don't necessarily agree with everything they say. Still. Who could, who could stay in that position as long as Nityananda Prabhu has stayed in it? Now for what, 20, 30 years? I couldn't do it. I couldn't last for a month as a temple And yet, he somehow or other, he has stayed in it, and it by practicing humility, and he also, he also calls other devotees by Prabhu. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention here was showing, uh, respect to a person that you do have serious differences with. You may see some devotee who is uh, acting in such a way that is not respectable and is not worthy of respect. And so uh, the question is, how am I supposed to respond to that kind of person? Am I supposed to offer obeisance? And, of course, we've heard offer obeisance at a distance. You don't have to deal with a person that you feel is somehow or other. Of course, it's always good to check with another devotee whom you consider to be authoritative and get that person's opinion. How am I supposed to deal with this, you might ask. Uh, But if if you see someone that you, you really don't want to have any dealings with, well, just be respectful at a distance. Just keep your distance. If you can't, be respectful up close. Is that all right? All right so uh finally let's let's talk about the effects of showing respect. I'll try not to talk too much longer. What time is it? 8.27. I've got 3 minutes to finish, right? <laughs> okay, I'm ta- how about the effects of showing what what kind of effects can we expect to uh experience when we show respect to other people? Um uh one one of the effects is that we ap- appreciate the training, as we talked about, the training that a person gets in his home environment. If it's, if it's a young person, we can appreciate the fact that they always address us, uh, you know, nicely. And, or uh, if, you're, if you're an older person than they are, that, that they use, use the name Prabhu, uh, that they speak nicely and uh, act nicely to other people. As you're watching them, you're watching them interact with other people. So that's one of the effects. Uh, it makes you appreciate the home situation that that person grew up in. You feel you, there's a certain warmth that I feel toward younger people when they when they show proper respect. And this is not just devotees either. This is I'm talking about young people outside, you know, and waiting in line in at Walmart or Kmart or some other some other place, Sprouts or Whole Foods, and uh, you ask a question, and the young person stops what he's doing, looks at you, and offers to help you and then and says yes sir, and no sir that that kind of thing it it really gives me a warm feeling toward that young person and is is that a bad thing that a that a young person has people feeling warmly toward him i don't think that's a bad thing it's a good thing whenever young people generate that kind of response in the person that they're talking to um Practicing humility towards one's subordinates. I wanted to mention here one thing that, uh, I, that happened about two, three, four years ago. Uh, His, His Holiness Gira Swami Maharaj was upstairs in the, in the, uh, in the Sanyas quarters. And uh, he, uh, I came in to talk with him. I think he had, he had called for me and asked me to come up and talk with him. When I came in, of course, I offered obeisances to him. Well, he offered his obeisances. And then when, when I started to get up, I said, Maharaj, don't offer your obeisances to me. Just accept my obeisances. And, it, he, and ever since then, he's referred to me as his shiksha guru, laughingly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, because I was here, I was giving him instructions. I was saying, Mark, well, don't offer me. And, and not too, not too many months after that, my wife and I went up to talk with him also and we offered obeisances and he, he kind of smiled and he did not offer his obeisances. He told my wife, your husband told me I should not offer obeisances. But here, here is a person who has done more service. I mean, he's forgotten more service than I've ever done. But he's done more service than I will ever think about being able to do in this life. Anybody read his book about uh, the Jehu Temple? Have you have you started reading that book yet? I suggest you read that book. Uh, what's it called? Uh, I I will build you a temple, or something like that. I think that's the title of it. Talking about uh, how he. Uh, helped what his part was. And there were others. There were other sannyasis there at the temple too for some time. But he's, he was talking about how Srila Prabhupada had given him the certain responsibility there that he had to carry out. And eventually it turned to the temple. So I'm I'm saying that here's a person who had no need at all whatsoever to offer respects to me, offer obeisances to me, but he was doing so and I had to correct him. another uh, another effect of showing respect is to cause others to act appropriately so if you happen to know a person who is not acting who is causing some problem in the community um, even though that person might be uh, uh, superior in some way um, to the person who is uh, in authority in the temple sometimes the person who is in authority in the temple and i've I've, I've been in that position. At one time, I didn't, I didn't like that, though, because I was having to sometimes deal with Srila Prabhupada's disciples, too. But sometimes you offer them, you treat them in a very respectful way because that will help them to think, well, now, here's, here's this person treating me with great respect, and I know I don't deserve that respect. So maybe it helps them to start acting more devotee-like if we do that instead of instead of just sneering at them or or casting evil glances at them or just saying harsh things to them um, that, that's that's the position of the authorities of the community. We don't have to do that as just members of the community and some but sometimes the the members the authorities in the community have to speak a little bit firmly. Uh, to a, a devotee and let them know you're causing problems for yourself. You're causing problems for others. You're causing problems for the temple community. Please, please reconsider how you're acting and don't act in such a way to bring infamy to yourself. Uh, so when we offer them appropriate respect, then they will begin to act appropriately. Or we, we're we giving them that opportunity to reassess the way that they're acting in the community and around others. Uh, so that, that can be helpful to them. Instead of criticizing them, we, we, we just act very respectfully. And and uh, one another effect of showing respect is knowing that our spiritual master is pleased. Uh, and you know, that's, that's one of our main goals in life, to know that we're giving pleasure to our spiritual master and... It also helps to, uh, just like a child being raised in a good family, um, if, if we act appropriately to other devotees, then they find out who our spiritual master is, and then they give him the credit for having properly trained up a good disciple. And that's a good thing, isn't it? Uh, we want to, we want to win the affection of persons who are more advanced than we are. And so therefore, we act, we act in a very respectful way because by doing so, more advanced devotees will give us their blessings and they will show affection to us. And that, that is very beneficial in our own spiritual lives. And finally, um, I, I was thinking, talking about young people. Um, if we help, to show, help them understand about showing respect, then that's going to help them get along not only with the devotees in our community, But when they get out on the job, they're going to know how to show proper respect to a person who is in authority over them, and not just for the purpose of of making more money or getting uh, an advance in position, but just to make the whole atmosphere of the work environment better. Uh, If people are respectful to each other uh, in a work environment, if you don't have somebody always trying to bully or lord it over everybody else, uh, then that's such a pleasant environment. But everybody, if if you've ever been in a job, worked outside, you know what I'm talking about. There's always somebody there that's going to try to lord it over others. And sometimes that causes a lot of tension among people. It makes people mad, but because they don't want to be disrespectful to that person, they might not say anything. Uh, But if, if, if we... Teach our young people then how to deal out in the marketplace where many of them are going to have to go to make their livelihoods and support their families. Uh, then that's going to be, that's going to be a really big deal for them. We've had people leave here, leave our school here. This has been several years ago. They would be taking, um, classes out at Eastfield College or some other college. And uh I especially Eastville, because I, I've taught there for a while too, and uh one one of the ladies there who was a Spanish teacher, and I think she was from Spain, uh she would she would always recognize, somehow or other she would recognize the students who came from this community. And that has caused at least one or two of the professors to come here and, and take Prasadam in the restaurant. Uh, so that, that worked out really well. Uh, the young people that we had going out there, always very respectful, always focused on their work, you know, trying, trying to make the professors pleased with them. Uh, so that was, that was one of the beneficial effects from training them to be respectful to other people. So, we have been talking today about how to show respect to persons who are either uh, in a position of authority above us or who are just more advanced in spiritual life than we are, and even how to show respect to those persons who are not devotees of Krishna at all. Because if they see the example that we set, they're very attracted to come and see what's going on within this place where you live. So we will stop here and ask if anyone wants to make Comments, please. Yes, sir. Yeah, His Holiness, Gira, Swami Maharaj. And uh, what was the name of the book? I'll Build You a Temple. Uh, the bookstore should have some copies of that. If not, do you know Mother Vishnu Priya, the wife of Chakri Prabhu? Yeah, I think she has some copies. She's a disciple of Giridah Maharaj. And so she has some copies that she will offer to you. You can purchase from her without having to go to Amazon or something. Anything else? Yes, sir. Comment on a question. Reminds you of nectar of instruction? Okay. Pay respects in the mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Under what circumstances? Okay. Under what circumstances should one pay respects in the mind? How to interact with other devotees. To show respect within, even within the mind. Nanda, Nanda Baraj, right? Uh, Nanda Baraj Prabhu is speaking, but you can't hear him. So he's talking about how the nectar of instruction is is telling us how to offer us respects, even to a neophyte. Devotee? Yeah. yeah, go ahead, please. Yeah. To those who have taken initiation, diksha init- initiation, we should offer re- ob- obeisances to them. Okay. Udama Adhikari, we're not only to pay our obeisances, but we're also to serve them. That's good, very good. Yes, sir. Hold on, hold on. Uh, Nandabraj Prabhu is, is asking about the, uh, the difference between criticism and non-criticism, non-criticism not being critical. Not being critical. Okay, let me let me let me repeat this now because the audience needs to hear this. Uh, Nandabraj Prabhu is talking about um, seeing, observing uh, the characteristics or the actions of a devotee, and and uh, n- that are not so good. And then uh, the uh, the tendency is to criticize, isn't it? That, it would be for me to criticize that person who is committing that action, right? All right. Let me mention this now. Uh, he's saying that uh, sometimes you might be with a group of people, and you're talking about another person who has some quality or some characteristic, and you talk about that that you, how, it, how it affects you, right? Because that person may be heavy or something, and sharp with his words, and and and. Uh, and so you're talk You're discussing that with this other group, and now why is that not criticism? Is that your question? Yes. Or, or is it? Criticism? Or is it criticism? Yeah. Yeah. So when when we. Uh, when when we're observing something that is not so good it's not like like the behavior of someone uh is not so good maybe the person is unreliable in his service or maybe he takes advantage of other people or something like that and you're you're talking about that person with a with a group maybe two or three other persons right so what 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 keeps that from being just criticism that is to be avoided? So th- what I have been taught, non is that uh, everything is is determined by your intent. Whether it's criticism or whether it's uh, just trying to examine and find out what's going on. So your intent might be to try to understand better from other people, if they hear what you're saying, trying to help you understand if you're taking this correctly or not. In other words, if you're seeing something uh, that seems to be negative about a person and you're telling other people about it, your intention there might be, help me understand why I should not be thinking about the person this way. In other words, you're not just simply running the person down. You're saying, I'm being affected negatively by this person's words or this person's behavior. Can you help me? And it doesn't have to be someone a lot more advanced than you. It can be your your equals, you know, uh, that you're talking with. You can ask them, can you, can you help me understand how I'm supposed to deal with this person in such a way that I don't hate his guts? Or, you know, that I, that I don't find it reprehensible what he's doing. What, what is it that I'm not understanding about this person that we're talking about? So it's really your intent. If you simply want to enjoy uh, running another person down, Did you see that? Did you see what he did yesterday? Did you hear what he said to that Mataji? You know, if you say something like that, then that's not really with a mood of helping that person or changing your understanding. Yes. If the intent of your criticism is to act negatively toward that other person, then that is unjustifiable criticism. You can, you can look at it, the example that's been given, if somebody comes at you with a knife, you know, are, are, are you, what, what's your reaction? To defend, yourself, to defend yourself, what if that person has a medical doctor on, on the wall of his office? In other words, if it's a surgeon coming at you with a knife. So what's his intention? In one case, his intention is to do you harm if it's a per- if it's not a doctor. In other words, but in another case, his intention is to help you do something to make you feel better. You know, taking out a, a, a damaged appendix or something. Uh, or, uh, that's the purpose of a surgeon. So we should have that. We should have the point of view of the surgeon. I want to help you to overcome something that I I see is affecting your relationship with other devotees. I want to help you get to the point of being able to appreciate your wife so, so that she doesn't feel as though she's being demeaned by your presence in the house or that she doesn't always feel intimidated by you. I want to help you to do that. And so if if that's your purpose in talking with other people about a third person who is not present there, then that's more like uh, something you're trying to do to help that person or or to find out how you can do something to help that person improve his situation so that he doesn't run into more and more problems. Is that okay? All right, long answer to a short question. All right, everyone. Was there anything else, uh, Nico Prabhu? Thank you. Thank you both for staying with me and for everybody else who had to leave because I talked too long. And for those of you who are listening in or those of you who will hear uh, uh, by the archived version of this class, um, I hope that you have received something that's beneficial to you today. And for those of you who are listening in live uh, go out there and have yourselves a good day. Try to remember to chant the holy names. Give Krishna, if you can, to someone else. Give them a book. Put a book in their hands. And their life will change, just like mine did back in 1973 when I got my first book. There was no way for that young man who gave me the book to know what effect it would have on the rest of my life and the lives of five kids who came into my household, came into my family. So everybody take whatever opportunity you can to try to carry out Lord Chaitanya's instruction to preach the holy names to everyone you get an opportunity. We'll offer our respectful obeisances and to all the Vaishnava devotees of the Lord who are just like desire trees, who fulfill the desires of everyone and who are full of compassion for the fallen conditioned souls. Pancha kalpa tarubis jaya kripa sannibya evacha paditanam pavanebio vaishnavebio namo nama ananta koti vaishnavrinda ki jai shila prabhupada ki jai shishi kala kalachanji nam ki jai gora praimananda adibo